General Vagon has called the Battle of France is over. The Battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome to the Lead Pursuit Podcast, a podcast covering Blood Red Skies, a game of World War II aerial combat. Welcome back to the Lead Pursuit Podcast. We know we've been gone for a few weeks. It's been the holidays, and we've all been busy. But Chris, welcome back to the podcast. Are you done with school for at least a few days? It's, uh, for, no, actually for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brett, Dude, welcome back to you, man. Uh, are you at least getting a break, or is work just totally putting the screws to you? Uh, well, work is pretty busy. It's a it, beginning-of-the-year thing, but uh, I've been doing some painting. I've been managing to crank out at least an hour or so every night. So that's all I need. If I, if I just stay consistent with that, it doesn't have to be a lot at any one time, but if I'm doing it every night without a break, you know, without skipping a day of some progress, I'm getting somewhere. Chris, you've been painting too, I take it. So I've been painting a little bit. I got the um, SM79s are completely done. I'm just waiting for um, Kevin to knock some decals out for me to do the different squadron. And I've got all, everything else is primed. Half of the Machis are based and and I've got the camo pattern down. So I've got a, probably another 12 to 14 hours total. And then I'll have all the Italian aircraft done. Of course, I told you that I bought the wrong airplanes. I got Machi 200s instead of getting Fiat's. <laughs> I, I'm happy. Screw the Fiat's in case no <laughs> Nobody has realized Doug doesn't give a damn about Fiat's. You could yeah. take them all and ball them up at the end of the runway for all I care. Yeah, failed yeah. Italian attempt at transportation. That's what we used to call yeah. Fiat when we were in Aviano. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm happy you ordered the the wrong aircraft by mistake. Yeah. So thank goodness. Well, tell so me I what's wrong. I, is that not a C200? So no, no, I I just meant to order the um, the Fiat's and I I just grabbed the wrong stock number and I ordered the two hundreds and the two o twos. He so meant to make me have to fight biplanes. He just you, wanted me to be miserable. That, let's so be honest. He accidentally ordered the right stuff. Exactly. I got so, it. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be like me saying, "Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I didn't order." Any any gladiators, but you know these Mark V tropicals just fell right into my yeah. order cart. I don't, I, I don't I tell know how you that what, happened. It's weird. Those SM seventy nines from the, the the buddy hookup we got on the three D printer. Steve dude, Todd, those are, yeah. those things are awesome, dude. That that guy deserves just a big hug and a big pat on the back because I, he magnetized the torpedoes for crying out loud. I've never seen magnets that small. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did a great job. So Steve, once yeah. again, thanks a lot, brother. That was uh yeah. that's awesome. I'm looking forward to uh seeing those on the table uh for Malta and I'm looking forward to shooting them down, not with a gladiator, uh actually with a Spitfire. So yeah. hey, well let's let's talk about a couple things that have popped kind of on the Intel horizon here. So what's new? I'm not gonna talk about airstrike. I don't want to hear about airstrike. We're not gonna talk about it. I think it's coming. I spent my money and pre-ordered it. Chris, Brett, did you guys pre-order it yet? Yup. <laughs> yes, sir. Suckers. All right, so we all pre-ordered it. Shut up about airstrike. Um, the resin is starting to hit, so we know there's P40s and Tex Hills coming out as an ace. P47s with Gabby Gabreski, who, thank goodness, is going to have a card that doesn't limit him just to the P47. Uh, the rumor is he's going to be able to fly jets in there as he should. Uh, 109 Golfs. I know Brett and I had a good laugh about forgetting where the 109G was uh, in the whole release uh, spectrum, but it's on pre-order. It's out there. Eric Hartman's going to be the ace. Uh, and then the 262, which I really could care less about with Nowotny as the ace. So a lot of cool stuff coming in resin. Um, and I hear they've kind of changed their sculpting methodology and everything uh, to really accommodate the quality of the Warlord resin. So I'm excited. Um, I 
I, I put them in my cart and then hit delete. I didn't actually order the P40s and the P47s. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has uh, slipped and fallen and dropped 109 Golfs or 262s in their cart. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I at least managed to resist and hit delete. Uh, Brett, Chris, either you guys uh, fallen for that one yet? Oh, man. I've got such a deep queue right now on my table with an, with maybe two more orders inbound that I got to... I got to just get through this so that we're all set up for Adepticon on, on the Luftwaffe stuff. Good. Before I order. You know, I, I don't blame yeah, you. Don't, don't, don't go in. So, no, so my, my idea is just blast through the Italians. And, and it, honestly, I've still got three squadrons airplane that John Russell sent me when they were early. Now they're released. And right. I've got the, the Polycarpovs and the, the Yak sevens and, and the MIGs. And there's th- those guys aren't painted yet. They're just primed because I switched gears to the Italians. Just get Adepticon ready. Yeah, so what I will say is, John Russell, if you hate me and you're mad that I'm not going to be at Siege of Augusta this weekend, then send me some P-40s and P-47s as revenge, (laughs) (laughs) and I'll have to paint those. Uh, But otherwise, I'll see you at Adepticon, and you'll take my money again at Adepticon. Uh, So we we know how this works. I will tragically slip and fall walking into the vendor hall. Yeah. other stuff coming out. So there's been a lot of different kits that are coming out uh, with Airstrike and, and some of these other aircraft being released that they're all kind of doing some package deals. Over to you if you like that. Personally, for me, um, I could care less. I'll, I'll pick them up, uh, just the rule books and then other things at separate times. Um, but a couple new things dropped uh, in relation to some, some questions and some other uh, pieces of information that were out there. There is a new FAQ. Uh, in case everybody missed the argument on <laughs> the Blood Red Skies Ready Room, it was epic, uh, the, the argument that drove this FAQ. And it was kind of funny. And, and to me, the takeaway is um, I'm one of those people that I like a, a, a tight, explainable game system, and I don't mind people asking questions. And I, and I, um, I, I caution people that I think Blood Red Skies is a non- grognard game so uh, if somebody comes up and really sounds like a 40k player like i know i've, I've even sounded with some of these uh, rules as written versus intended uh, i think we all have to have the discussion and this faq was an easy fix it was easy for andy to go back and go no dumbasses heavy hitter doesn't apply to turrets uh <laughs> heavy hitter applies to your main armament but yep. you know what you know, you know the sea lawyer in me found there's there's an exemption so all i gotta say is the HE-177 tank hunter variant with the flex gun 30 mils in the front. Tell me that sucker with twin 30 mils isn't a heavy hitter <laughs> in a turret. Uh, but anyway, yep. so Ken can throw a rock at me for that. Uh, once again, the, the game's going to evolve. We know that. But either way, an FAQ came out to answer the question that buzzsaw heavy hitter do not apply to turret mounted weapons, just to your primary forward firing. As well, a expansion dropped called Sandstorm that uh, was a free expansion. It's a PDF available on the Warlord website. Uh, it is a campaign system, a pilot generation and development system, uh, some cool stuff all thrown into one. It's got some stats for some tank busting airplanes, some new cards out there. So I, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I will be honest, we will do an episode about Sandstorm later because why? Uh, Doug's a little busy and hasn't read all of Sandstorm in detail. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. But Sandstorm looks like a really cool system. Looks like it'll give you a great ability to not only just play a North Africa campaign like it's geared towards, but it's a system that you can mold to whatever campaign you and your buddies are going to play. If you all want to play Stalingrad, you want to play Malta, you want to play 
even MIG Alley, you could you can use the system to manage your pilots, manage their skill levels, and give a little narrative flair to whatever you're doing. The 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 things that I initially looked at that I like is it's it's got a lot of um, a lot of stat line kind of changes, so you can figure out how your people got to their pilot skills. You figure out uh, even nose art if you wanted to go to that level. So we'll we'll talk about it in detail when we've had time to really analyze it and see how it works into the gameplay. I know Brett, you haven't had really a chance to look at it. Chris, did you even get a chance to? Yeah, to skim I through have it? not skimmed through it. I've downloaded it's, it and it's sitting there. It's that weird thing called life and the holidays. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we on the podcast will take a look at it. Hopefully address it uh, either in our next episode or the episode following that and uh, push some of the information, at least what our perspectives are out to everybody. Yep. All right. Off to the hangar. I don't think anyone other than you resin addicts has bought a lot of stuff except me buying a MIG Alley mat, which, you know, I was going to promo there at uh, Siege of Augusta, put a B-29 on the table, a lot of uh, cool painted scenery, some cool MIGs and and sabers, and, well, I'm not going, so... Guess what? Nobody gets to see the cool MIG Alley map at Siege of Augusta. Uh, hopefully they still have some other Blood Red Sky stuff going. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the resin that you guys have acquired. Is there anything specific you want to talk? I know, Chris, you went through a lot of the individual aircraft. Brett, anything on your end that you wanted to cover for what you'd acquired and started painting? Oh, man, it's kind of a deep list. I'm looking across the table at some of it, and I've got more inbound. I've, I've um, picked up some more Stukas mostly for the Stalingrad table. But remember also that first batch I did for Malta, I kind of, well, I, I was down one because I lost the landing gear or one part of the landing gear. So instead of having six, I only had five. So anyway, I ordered a bunch of Stukas for Stalingrad and a replacement for the one that's down for the Malta paint. I'm almost got that done. Uh, I've got some JU-52s on the table that are nearly done. I'm waiting for some decals on those. I have three, count them, three B-29s that I haven't started yet, but they're over there. I had a bunch of BF 109 G's for uh, Stalingrad, a bunch of BF 109 F's for a uh, late phase of Malta. Oh gosh. what? A, oh, I have a bunch of JU 88s. I think I have like nine JU 88s. So I have a bunch and I, I see, I think what's what I have coming. I have some AT 111s coming and I don't remember what else. And surely there'll be a reason to paint some more BF-110s because, you know, me and 110s, I got to have all the 110s. So, Ladies and gentlemen, please pray for Brett. His, <laughs> his child is starving and malnourished. His his wife can't buy new shoes. Uh, <laughs> the house is going to be foreclosed and they didn't have a Christmas because he bought so much resin. Okay, not, not necessarily that bad, but holy crap, Brett. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you're supporting the rest of us with targets to shoot down. That makes me feel so much happier. I put a uh, picture of that one batch on uh, our uh, lead pursuit page so people could see the yeah. insanity. <laughs> so they could feel yeah, sorry yeah. for you and go, yeah. this man has a problem. <laughs> it's not even all of it, but it's, yeah, it's a problem. So let's actually talk about the the fiscal outlay of Blood Red Skies versus 40K. Now that I think all three of us have have gone a little bit from the the early glut buying stuff, the the mid-phase, I'll pick one or two expansion things to pick on, and then kind of that second round of of fiscal instability, stupidity, whatever word we want well, to use. I, I'll as, t- I, I've been stupid with buying stuff with Blood Red Skies, but I can also say that my bank account's nowhere near as drained as when I was freaking on the freaking Forge World website every five minutes. So, I mean, it's just so much cheaper, and I think that 
inspires you to buy so many more. Yeah. I, I get. I, I said this early on. When we first started talking about this. You know, besides the um, the history aspect of it, and just the air. You know, it kind of takes me back to a happy place when I was painting model airplanes as a you know twelve year old or whatever. Besides all that, it's the completion satisfaction. You know, compared to the oh, I don't know, maybe barrier to entry to a lot of games where if you want to field a full army to play a game and have them all painted, it's a that's a big investment, not just in mm-hmm. money, but in time, time, which is probably the worst, you know? Uh, you know, anyway, with this, you know, you can you can paint up a batch of six or 12 planes and play a full game and, and, and get that done pretty quick. And it's also not super expensive. So yeah, it just lends itself to going down a deeper rabbit hole. It does, but, and also if you want to switch it up too. So like, you know, I just got, sick of painting what I was painting, you know, there around the holidays. So I got my Catalina in, which was a one-off um, from Dan. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to sit down and, and paint one damn airplane. I'm just going to paint this Catalina really nice. And you can do something like that. And and it's it's totally different than, you know, that Catalina will come in handy when we start doing Midway stuff or when we start doing um, Guadalcanal stuff in the Pacific. But it's not like I – you can't do necessarily a one-off when you're building a 30K army. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm right. saying? You can, it's you it's can not just unless go you're going to build a hero or, or exactly, something crazy yeah, something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. But, but you can't but, just you know, go, I just want to build a tank and you know, I, I want to paint a different paint scheme. Okay, so now you got to think – You can, but you'll never play with it, right? Right. Yeah. right. With, yeah. with this, like the, that's how the B-29 is for me. It completely shifted gears, totally different, but we'll use it, whereas – like with the 40k stuff, I, I, I paint a Tau tank, but I have Space Marines. I'll never play with that Tau tank, but it's cool. It was fun to paint. This is at least you can play and paint the stuff you paint. So, well, the other thing I looked at was for a similar fiscal outlay. So let's say a 30 bucks ish. You know, I know the resin is now going to cost us a little bit more. So 30 to 35 bucks. I can buy a squad of Space Marines, or I can buy six airframes in resin. And I have a playable unit in Blood Red Skies. I, it's the entire game. I don't need much more than than that squadron. Yet, I take my squad of Space Marines, and it's great if I'm playing Kill Team. Uh, but if I'm going to go out and play 40K, I've just got one squad of Primaris or whatever. So I think the the thing that I like is I'm buying individually playable games. When I go buy a box of six you know, P40 uh, in resin, I've got a playable squadron. So I invest the hobby time and finish those. And it's not like, well, I've finished one third of my army. I finished one quarter of my army. No, I finished an entire army that I'm going to play on a table. And then I'll go buy some P47s and I'll paint those up in a different theater. And if I, if I really become that, you know, full squadron theater kind of guy, which everyone knows I'm not, um, I'll just go buy another box later. And I now have two separate distinct armies that I'm playing because I only really need six airplanes. And oh, by the way, if you want to get crazy and add bombers in. So now I up it to $70 and I have everything I need to play any scenario in the game. And I've bought, you know, either three JU-88s and, and you know, uh, some escort aircraft, whatever kind I want, you know, 109Gs in resin. Uh, but the the playable, the playability for the quick layout is much, much faster, I think, a much, much better ratio to money you're putting into the game for an entire army. Well, it's, it's kind of, you were you were saying this too. I mean, even if it's the same airframe, you've seen me do this. I'll I'll, I'll do, yeah. I, I have fully painted BF one hundred nine E's right for Battle of Britain. That's the way they're painted, and they're the same aircraft, same stats, the way they play. I could play those on any table that has emails, but I just I because I can, I'll paint ones that look different because you know they might have looked a little bit different in a different 
a different well, theater. And, and, and that's my problem with the plastic ones. The plastic ones truly are so cheap mm-hmm. that you can afford to go out there and say, I, I got it. I want a Pacific P-51 squadron. I want a European P-51 squadron. You know what? While I'm at it, I'll paint one for Korea too. Yep. Because you can. No, I, it's, it, it's 59 bucks right now. I just looked it up for Mark three, for five Mark three Marines at Forge World for 30K. Oh, that's wow. half. <laughs> that's half a squad. I'm so glad I have a huge unpainted army in plastic. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I can go I, out I'll be and painting get... 40K miniatures till the day I die and I, I won't finish my army. That I stuff can... doesn't paint as fast either. I mean, oh, there's no, no way I'm painting up a squad. Of, I mean, I, so me, I love explain that Marines, to me. You guys, but... are, you guys are the painters. I don't understand that. I can paint a Blood Red Skies squadron so much faster and get it to a quality that I like with decals, washes, glazes, canopies, everything – and, it, and it's not the drama that it is to paint 10 freaking Marines, even well, 10 plastic yeah, I Marines. agree. That's, that's exactly my point. I don't point. get it. I don't Pain get it. Painting the human body, you know, which is basically what you're doing with Space Marines, and he's holding a rifle, so you got to get in and around the rifle, or you got to keep the rifle separate, which is what I do when I paint Marines. So, and then you got to go glue all those back in, um, keep the head separate. I mean, do all that kind of stuff, just painting a squad to make it look nice. And if you put it all together, then you're trying to get your paintbrush in and around and get all the little freaking icons on the armor and it's just so much easier to have an airplane it's it's just a flat surface i mean it's a three-dimensional object but everything's flat if you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you can touch any part of the airplane with your brush in the directly. colors too you're not doing yeah. three colors for each color no you know you're not I doing do, a whole I, lot of appreciating what, what the only I thing ultramarine i do zeros. seven shades of blue to achieve my ultramarines yep. i'm not doing seven shades of green for the splinter pattern on a you know 109e when I did my um, zeros, you know, I did my green zeros. I was like, you know, I'm going to do a little bit of appreciating and try to bring out some of the three-dimensionality and the wings and the way the wing curvature goes. And I painted them. They look nice. But then I painted another batch and I was like, and I didn't do that. And I was like, there's not a whole lot of difference because of the scale. Well, <laughs> so, so you yeah, really can the because of the scale. Thing make I, it look nice. I want to see is I want to see other people's aircraft on the table at some point, because the problem is you look at stuff on the internet, you don't really get a good feel of what the paint job really looks like. But I know how we are used to going to a Horace Heresy game and picking up intricately painted 30K resin models. Yep. And and just the, the visual feel that that gives you, you go, oh, wow, this is a lot of detail. I am curious if I will pick up a Blood Red Skies model that someone has painted to that point where I go, holy cow, that's a lot of time invested. Rather than looking at it kind of where I have now, I look at a lot of them and go, oh, that's a lot of technique and that looks good. I think that'll play nicely on the table because I'm four feet away from it. Um, But I don't know that anyone is really going to the level, I mean, besides obviously some of the stuff I have sitting in my box courtesy of Brett. (laughs) But uh, I don't know that anyone's going to some of this this aircraft detail and appreciating and things like that because you just don't need to the, yep. the planes really look good with a minimum level of work on them i think oh hell as soon as we found flurry wash oh my god it, it's just super fast to paint damn airplanes now yes and right. um it, it it there's just if you've got recessed panel lines I, and you know guys i'm not a fan of a lot of the leads that they head out and i don't like raised panel lines on the airplanes i think at this scale it just doesn't lend itself well. The, the details just not raised up high enough to bring it out with a dry brush. And right, but that was you know mostly his Vesda model. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. But now that the, everything's got recessed panel lines, it just paints so damn quick. And it's like I said, it's it's what Brett said. You know, you get that completion factor that I, I can. The Catalina was a day. 
it was only actually about five hours out of a day that I, you know, totally, you know, there was drying times in there where I walked away from it, but you know, it was five hours and I've got a completed model that, that, that holds its own on the board and I can use in some, some shape or fashion. And that squadron, you know, I don't know about you, Brett, but I'm looking, it's been about 10 hours, 12 hours, honestly, the whole process for painting six airplanes. It's just not hard. Yeah. They go pretty quick. Yep. Especially when you get in a rhythm or when you're doing like, especially with some of the Soviet camo schemes. I, in fact, I think the hardest thing I've done so far is the Italians. And it's just trying to get the camouflage to look right and look random. And um, because the, 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 the Italians were just big on that real splotchy kind of spotty camouflage. And um, every one of the squadron seems like I think they had like everybody had a different paint job. So, but um, but yeah, that's been the, my biggest challenge recently is just learning to paint camouflage. So for the Italians and even that in itself, once you get it down, it's just not that hard. I mean, there's I can so many different in. varieties of thing too. I mean, whether you're talking splinter camo or, yeah. you know, other things, I mean, the silver stuff I did like on the MIGs and the, um, the B29, that was fun. That was probably the hardest thing. I'm messing around with some Ju 52s. I'm doing that, that snow, you know, the that white wash. Yeah. Yeah. The white wash. So I'm trying to make it look like in some areas, the whitewash has worn off and you can yeah. see the dark green underneath. And that's been fun. Cause it's just a, you know, that's a totally different hobby project than, yep. you know, the Stukas I was doing before that. So how do you find the JU 52 models? Cause those are Zvezda models. Are they, uh, are they, are they painful with the detail? Cause they're raised panel lines or is it, uh, no, pretty I, straightforward? I, I like it. I, I like the, uh, I, I thought it was pretty easy to work with. You know, you have to assemble it which is a little bit different than some of the, you know, box sets you get. Uh, you have to actually, you know, it's like a small model. You get a little model kit, you put it, but it's not hard, you know, it doesn't right. take very long. But as far as the detail goes, yeah, I, th I think it's really pretty good. Um, okay, cool. You know, that maybe in that model particularly. So let me, let me back up. So I have this Vezna models for the JU-52 where raised panel lines are appropriate because that sort of corrugated. Well, I, I was kind of laughing because on that one, it does make sense because actually the way you look at the airframe, that corrugated frame is raised. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's on the, raised lines. On the ju 88 it doesn't have so much raised panel lines as it just doesn't have any panel lines. So it's, those are the first three I'm doing and they don't have the same kind of detail that my resin ones do, but you know, hey, it's going to be fine. The Ju88 is smooth like Bergeron after the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, I had to put something thoroughly inappropriate in there. <clears throat> that was just bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you know we had to go there. All mm. right, speaking of the weekend and what's not happening, so yeah, overpromise, underdeliver. Uh, Doug is not going with the Lead Pursuit podcast to Siege of Augusta. So my apologies for everyone who said, hey, we're going to show up at Siege and we're going to talk to the podcast guys and play some MIG Alley and some Blood Red Skies Battle of Britain. They will all still be doing their Battle of Britain game. There should be a large eight-player uh, strike game going on. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, so hopefully, uh, please show up and play that on Friday night if you're going to Siege. Uh, and guys, have fun without me. I'll be making sure I'm doing home renovation projects here, which is not so exciting. But anyway... Moving on from that, uh, Coastal Con, Beaufort, South Carolina, 22 February. Brett, you're going to make it right? Yes. May I crash at your place? I think you can, all as long right. as you don't mind the cats crawling all over you. So. Awesome, man. I like cats. <laughs> you say that now. We'll see if you say that when you're done with the weekend. Uh, it's a one-day convention. won't be huge, but it's a good opportunity to meet some low-country gamers, go out there, 
play a couple games, play some demo games. Uh, a lot of the people coming to Coastal Con are there to see a lot of the other small game developer stuff. So if you're in there and you've seen all the other games that are being played, whether it's Twisted or some of the other ones, uh, come over to the Blood Red Skies. Uh, Eric Fontana should be over there. Um, he'll be ready to demo all the other Warlord games. Uh, since I don't play any of them, I will be <laughs> doing Blood Red Skies. And uh, Brett and I can probably be found around one of the tables playing Big Alley uh, or testing some rules there. And maybe even uh, by that point, playing some Airstrike with a legitimately legal rule book uh, and not all of our bootlegged off the uh, Blood Red Skies uh, ready room copies. Uh, so please come out to that. It's it's actually a quick drive if you're in the uh, coastal Carolina area. Quick drive down to Beaufort. Uh, stick around, play some games. Uh, and if you're going to hang out and spend the night, then drink some beer with us and we'll have a good time. You guys don't even have a mall and you're having a con. It just sucks. <laughs> Are you just jealous? I, I, is it too I cold am. up there for conventions? It Do people is. not want to leave their basement? Nope. Well, don't worry. Mom's going to clean the basement for uh, 26 to 29 March. Why? Because it's Adepticon. <laughs> I know. And all the basement trolls will be gone. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and Don't worry. We're going to be there, guys. Plane tickets oh. have already been purchased. Hotel rooms have already been locked on. We're going to be there. And I'm bringing deodorant and Febreze for all of you fuckers. You don't need that in the bolt action room. That's just the magic and um, 40K area. And the 40K room, yeah. Well, you know, that's the nice thing about going playing Heresy was I was I was happy to play with people that wore colors other than black and use deodorant. So yep. I, yep. I realized we're going to be up from the X-Wing players, so we may need some industrial fans to, like, blow the air back their way. Um, but if you want to get away from all the other stinky players, uh, come by, uh, play a little Blood Red Skies. We have a lot on the on the plan. I mean, we'll see what actually meets day one. Uh, but Brett, you've been talking up a lot of the Malta fight and a lot of the different scenarios and kind of the big battle. Uh, what do you want to say about the Malta piece? Well, it should look beautiful. Uh, we've got a custom mat that we're having printed that should just look amazing. It's taken a lot of work to uh, get that done, but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty neat to play through at least a big battle for Malta, which we will do on Friday. So Friday night, uh, probably starting around 6 p.m., we will all get around one of the tables over in the Warlord section, and it will be a huge, yes, huge, 4 by 8 foot map, uh, and it's as many players as we can fit in the game. Because once again, we'll have Italian aircraft, Luftwaffe aircraft, British aircraft, we got you covered. There's going to be plenty of them. It's going to be pretty uh, planted. You just got to show up and push well, it around say, the table. And if you want to, if you want to bring your own, that's awesome. Yes. If you don't, then we've got pre-painted. Uh, so we will have all those on hand, and that will uh, will definitely be a fun time. We should be able to accommodate just about anything. If somebody really knows the game and is interested in, you know, exploring some greater depth, we can do that. If you've never seen the game and you're randos like we were last Adepticon and just want to show up and see what's this thing all about, we can do that. Yeah, so there's there's a lot that's going to be able to go on. Uh, there is, once again, the the bolt-action tournament going on, so that's going to take up a lot of the tables. But John has been gracious enough to say, I will at least carve out a little spot for Blood Red Skies. So regardless of what your schedule is, if you're going off and playing something else, you know, you're playing 30K, 40K, you're you know playing bolt-action, uh, come by the tables. Uh, you'll find us, uh, obviously, wherever Warlord has their stuff set up. But we will have some Stalingrad uh, areas set up that we can play through some yes, of those scenarios. Uh, personally, I could care less. You fuckers can all play Stalingrad. <laughs> have Come fun. On, man. Uh, I'll be doing MIG Alley. So, so we'll have some MIG Alley stuff set up. Uh, and I'll say about MIG Alley is there's some really cool 
MIG alley information in airstrike. So the fact that airstrike will have dropped by that point, there's some more aircraft in there. We'll probably be playing with some of those other aircraft and just seeing how the stats work out. Uh, as well as there's some playtest stuff that if you are curious about uh, jets and blood red skies and MIG alley and all that, you know, come find us and we will uh, play through some of the jet rules, realizing that this isn't a game like Check Your Six. This isn't a game like Downtown. It isn't like a lot of those different ones um, that really is built into the jet age. The The jet piece of this game is the 1950s MIG alley guns only. Um, but we can go through, we can play some cool stuff, play some neat uh, target attacks because Brett has at least one B-29 painted. Hopefully we'll have a couple more by the time for Adepticon. Uh, so there's a lot of really cool options we can we can play through and try some different scenarios. Yeah, the Stalingrad stuff's going to be cool for those that want to do it because just between Brett and me, we're going to have some gorgeous airplanes out there and you're going to be able to play several different configurations. Um, Brett's building a lot of transports. I've already got a lot of Russian aircraft. I've got a Russian ground attack aircraft. PE2s will be done by then. Um, we got a little bit of everything. So, I want to know how many uh, how many gladiators has Doug painted? From Zero. <laughs> how many have I bought? Zero. I'm so how disappointed many, in you. <laughs> how many gladiator photos have I deleted that you've sent me? All of them. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> Dude, he rocked in his bed for an hour sucking his thumb when he made that goodbye playing card the other day. <laughs> that that did. That took like hours off of my life. It it physically hurt me <laughs> to copy the biplane card out of out of airstrike. Talk to Andy and go, Andy, can I please release this? Yes, you may. I hate biplanes, Andy. Is it okay? Will you hug me? Please hold me, Andy. Yeah, so uh, so that that hurt. Um, but we do have the biplane. He's not going to come on the podcast if you keep talking about spoiling it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Andy. Yeah, so, you know, speaking of Andy, we uh, we we haven't beat up Andy lately, have we, guys? Mm-mm. Do we think we should beat up Andy again maybe oh, yeah. this week, next oh, yeah. week, somewhere in there? Do we have a whole bunch of questions ready to beat him up about? Oh, of come course on. Someone, we do. Someone has to have some good airstrike questions. All right, so here's the deal. Andy will be back on the podcast. All of you listening to the podcast, uh, if you have pointed questions for Andy that he has either ignored in the Blood Red Skies ready room because he's actually busy working on his game, uh, or you just thought of it the last minute, you're like, hey, how did we end up with whatever? Uh, MIGs in MIG Alley instead of doing Vietnam or doing the Arab-Israeli wars? Or how did we end up doing... Why did you let Lead Pursuit Podcast do Malta instead of doing the Desert War? Whatever. Uh, Write those questions down. Send them to us on Facebook. You'll find us there in the Blood Red Skies Ready Room if you don't already know that. Uh, Go out to the website, leadpursuit.net. Leave us a feedback there. Uh, Or you can drop us an email. Uh, You can find me easily at doug at leadpursuit.net. But, you know, send us some information, send us some questions, and we will be more than happy to grill Andy Chambers on your behalf and hopefully come up with some good answers and have a good time. Anything else you guys want to cover before we hop off the podcast? Because I know we're time constrained. It's been the holidays, but we've still got a lot of crap we got to get done uh, with all of our lives. Chris, anything, any last minute party No, shots? I think we hit just about everything. But I mean, guys, definitely keep an eye on the website. We've started posting cards. Um, I've been given some previews um, in the um, ready room. Uh, we've got the template built just to let all the fans know. We've got a template built for all the major air forces, including the Italians right now. So knocking aces out is getting a little bit quicker. 
Um, I'm, I've got, got the process down to about 20 minutes. So as long as I've got the, the words, the wording that goes on the back and I've got the um, somebody else's pick the traits for me. The only thing that's not um, on those cards yet is that the point values in the corner. I've just been running 135. I, I don't know how anybody wants to point anything, and but that's an easy fix later on. That's a good so, question but, for um, Andy. We're definitely getting some up. <laughs> it is a good question for Andy. How does he want well, to there you go? Mm, so, hey, mm, hey, wait. hey, Andy, can you do some work on game aids that you're making? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andy, we have this question. We'd like you to actually do some work in this game that we said we'd do the work on for you, but we'd like to make it your problem. <laughs> no, I don't want is him to possible? make the, I don't want him to make the points. I just want him to tell us the what's what's the convention for pointing for those guys. So we have some yeah. formula to follow. We make it up as we go along, and everyone yells at us. Kind that's of like, exactly right. That's <laughs> yeah. what we're doing right all, now. All the, all the Italian card stats, which is so funny. And it was like, "Hey, man, in case you didn't know," I'm like, "Hey, man, in case you didn't know, Andy approved the card stats." So <laughs> don't think on all these I invented. Them. Which, full disclosure, there are a few aircraft out there you'll see in the coming weeks that yes, Doug invented the stats for. They are labeled differently. They don't say lead pursuit unofficial card they say play test card on them and why is that that's because it has not seen the light of day until doug was like huh i wonder what the breda should have for its stats i don't know that sounds about good uh <laughs> and, and i've created some stuff so this the purpose of that is to drive some more discussion because uh the the folks that have looked at a lot of the play testing and, and the cards that andy's concentrated on they can't concentrate on every aircraft that's out there. It's just not possible. So there's been a couple gaps in there that I'm like, you know, I really am curious about that airplane. Let's put it in there with the point being it's going to go into the ready room. Everyone in the ready room can sit there and read through the cards and offer their opinion and hopefully actually play some of them and then give me the feedback on how it plays. Because once again, some of the playtest stuff we've been working through this week uh, on some of the other side projects, it's kind of funny how – you, you can always overanalyze the cards and the stat lines, and you can math hammer everything. But until you put it on the table, you really don't know, and then you find all the holes and all the stupid loopholes that you didn't think about that somebody exploits, and you're like, yeah, that wasn't how the game was supposed to go. So it, it takes a little bit of effort there. Yeah. Brett, what any parting shots from you? Any last-minute things? Oh, yeah. How about that um, that player locator that you put up? Oh, yeah. So the... Not quite yet worldwide listing of worldwide Blood Red Skies players. Uh, hey, guys. So in case you haven't seen it on the uh, Blood Red Skies ready room, there is a worldwide player locator. Uh, strangely, it seems most of us are in the UK, the US, and a smattering of people in Europe. Hmm. Strange. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, but go in there. You can go in, uh, click on the link. It'll take you into a Google Maps customized map. Uh, you can click on add, my, add, add a location Put it on your location. You can even type in your email address or your your. Um, you can use a WhatsApp handle. You can use a Facebook uh, address. Whatever you want to use. Whatever you're willing to give up for people to contact you. Put that on there. Then um, you can put your location and you can move that icon around. You can even click on the little paint bucket icon and you can put a cool little airplane down there. Fear not, if you don't put an airplane on your site, I'm going to go back and put one on for you. Uh, but you can choose colors, all that I wish stuff. I could put whatever. like a faction roundel on there. That'd be cool. <laughs> oh, don't think I didn't already think of that. And then when I realized how much time I was going to spend shrinking uh, graphics and putting custom graphics in there, I'm like, just screw it. Everybody yeah, right. gets a damn airplane. <laughs> right. Everyone's getting an airplane and like it. Um, but go in there and it'll give you a way to see who is geographically near you. Or if you're like Brett and I, you see that you live in the, the gaming vacuum that is called the Low Country and that like our nearest players are 
are in South Florida where they actually have education. Um, but yeah, and electricity. <laughs> and electricity, yeah. And wear something other than flip-flops. Uh, but for those of us that live in the coastal Carolina, Florida, uh, and Georgia area, we have like no other players. Uh, but go on there, put your location in, see who's near you, contact them, get some uh, some games going. And more importantly, uh, find out some uh, some other players, what they want to, you know, other things they want to play other than the um, – what would I say the starter set. The uh, see, we see a lot of Battle of Britain starter set uh, games being played out there. Uh, go out there and try some other things, some other theaters of war and some other aircraft. We've seen a lot of Pacific stuff start to show up recently. Uh, hopefully, some guys when airstrike releases will delve more into Korea with some more of the aircraft released, and then hopefully it'll have a little bit of information that uh, everybody will be able to draw on for new aces, uh, new traits, and things like that. Well, thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, We'll look forward to seeing you and Andy Chambers on our next podcast. And I'll remind uh, all the listeners out there to please give us your feedback. Uh, Drop us a line. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and what you'd like to hear in the coming weeks. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you.